Welcome to Learning with Lowell. I'm your host, Lowell Thompson. We cover biotech and science-related topics on the show, such as startups working on antibiotic drugs or colon cancer, to venture capitalists talking about funding and how that worked, to people talking about how they found a science-backed startup. Two, and this is one of my favorite parts, people talking about specific science-related topics, such as whales or protein engineering. You're really going to get a lot, and it's all going to be about science on this podcast. Today we are joined with Matthew, the CEO, and Matt, the CTO of Blue Ridge Bioinformatics. BRB is a London-based bioinformatics consultancy and service provider whose goal is to streamline R&D, saving both time and resources. So if you want to learn more about what bioinformatics is, what they specifically do, what it takes to build a startup from something in a lean way, this is the episode for you. watch Westworld? Oh, no, I haven't watched that. Personally, no. No, sorry. It's on my list. But. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there, in, in Westworld, there are these robots and they have prime memories that anchor their personalities. So like if you're an inquisitive person or you're like a design person, you know, what have you, there's like this memory that like fuels you to keep working, right? Essentially. So if you were a robot, what would be your prime memory that focuses you into building something, into doing what you're doing now versus like being an accountant? Like, do you, is there, is, is there some, anything like that that kind of like fuels you to keep going or yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think working in the bioscience space has always been nice and I think interested both of us from, from a young age, obviously, because you can help people, which is the main one. Mm. And being involved in a company like ours, we mainly help up and coming biotechs on the smaller side. So the people we deal with are actually the founders and the work we do for them has an impact on the journey straight away. So it's quite nice to see help them like progress forwards. I think that's the main driver, just helping other biotechs and the bio community advance. Yeah, I think I think I can agree with that. Like I can see like steps I've taken in terms of like I mean you do that thing when you I think a lot of people who go into biology related things usually look at medicine or something. And I remember looking at it and being to really like help more people than a mouse like a doctor, you you develop the drugs and that kind of thing and you're stepping back. But I think there's also another aspect to it as well. I I think there's a lot of enthusiastic people there who like to make stuff as well and there's that, that kind of halfway between where you're not just where you, you're, you're building things which you're helping people build things which then have some kind of meaningful impact to, onto it and that those are the kind of projects which i think we like to to find and get people working i don't know if that i haven't really got a memory to stick it to but i feel that kind of well then you're not a robot yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not a <laughs> robot <laughs> silver lining you'd know it all right um <laughs> Uh, at least from the West world, he could still be a robot. Are you familiar with the Isaac Asimov quote? The most exciting phrase to hear in science, the one that heralds new discoveries is not Eureka, but that's funny. Do you have any experiences like that where like you were looking at something and like you were div- like maybe you were working with someone and you're like, oh, it's going to work out like A, B and C, but really like X went in there and you're like, well, that's weird. And then you like dug into it and like you got some like really cool developments because of it. Start as a broad search or specific search, and then you, you find something which looks odd. And if it's odd but you can't kind of get rid of it, do you know what I mean? Like so, there's a paper where I found this, like a specific duplication in some. So so my, my my research background is malaria, global resistance, and there was a paper I did where I looked at Malawi samples, and they basically have a completely different antimalarial regime, basically, and so you get different selection signals for resistance in those parasite populations. And in that population, there was this there's this very specific duplication which kind of popped out, and it and it was it was associated with, with a, a more expected duplication, but it was different. Do you know what I mean? It has, it's that same kind of idea of kind of, well, that's weird, and then you try and unpick, and it's like, no, it's consistently kind of in the in, in the data. 
and I think that's probably true for most of the the research I've done where it's turned into something. What about the other Matt? I can't think of the exact example, but there's some like experimentally in the past when I've been working on different projects where we've expected that we engineered this bacteria back in my undergrad to suck up phosphate from wastewater to try and like purify it. But actually, we found out it would suck up heavy metals as well. So that's something which is interesting. And like we developed as a little side project. And I would definitely encourage any of your listeners, if they are at university or undergraduates, to get involved in a competition called iGEM because it is synthetic biology competition. That's what I got involved in in my undergraduate studies. And it really spurred me on to do towards entrepreneurship. There's been a number of people who have iGEM has been the thing that has changed their trajectory. And I, I think it's I think it's interesting a point that you made earlier, and I think this is the question I was gonna ask you. Like a lot of people when they go to college, like they kinda of have decided on something when they were like sixteen or eighteen and they're just kinda of like going through the motions. Have you have found anyone like that where it's like they were you can kinda of tell that they were just like grinding their wheels and trying to do what they thought was right versus what they were actually interested in, and then you converted them to the dark side of entrepreneurship and then they, they did like so one one <laughs> bit of our of our, of our project with Blue Ring is it's basically finding people like that. There are a lot of people, particularly in science and in data science and that kind of thing, where they have their like fixed job, but then they have their passion projects on the side as well. And it's about allowing people to build on those kind of passion projects. Like we, we're not, it's, it's funny because we end up talking, going to networking events and that kind of thing, like trying to, trying to, trying to talk to clients and end up finding potential employees because it's, it's those kind of people which kind of really pop out out there. I mean, that's something we're trying to, develop with the kind of the talent pool we're kind of building as well it's yeah so there, there are definitely individuals like that and we, we actively seek them out and i think they're probably the most exciting people to work with because they're the ones who really have that enthusiasm to do a project right so it's not just about the ability and the expertise but it's also about actually someone actively wanting to do some of the stuff and that's kind of a core thing we're trying to trying to build on other thoughts other matt i'm sorry i'm gonna keep just saying other matt <laughs> <laughs> that's all right your point when you said about transitioning from one thing to the other. So I, for all my life, thought I was aiming for my PhD. I was I was always aiming for it. So I worked my summers during my undergraduate studies in a lab. And then so I was able to jump the master's. I got to my PhD stage. And I realized, actually, the thing which I was missing most was entrepreneurship and working on side projects. Mm. So then taking the insights I learned through my PhD, we co-founded this company. And now mm. pursuing this, it gives me the most enjoyment and so i think you can always like follow your passion but don't be close to new opportunities as well do you ever feel that way about anything like where you feel like oh i'm not good enough and it makes you like anxious yeah i think anxiety is definitely part of trying to do a new startup because you've got to believe in your idea and especially at an early stage when you're pitching or practicing pitching i know in the events which i've been to i've obviously had the mm. anxiety but it's one of them things where there's a famous saying where it's like you've got to fake it before you hear make it mm. and by doing it more and more i'm starting to get more comfortable with the idea i think it's 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 there's also like there's a point in which you realize that you can use that as like your fuel to get through something as well yeah. do you know what I mean like when you when you realize that that it, it sometimes it can be easy to mistake anxiety and excitement about something yeah. and if you're kind of tricking yourself that it's the other way yeah. or if you're saying okay you know this is if you just don't it's hard to say if you don't Use it as a distraction, but use it as a driving force. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you're not running away from it, you're running yeah. you know, towards the, the goal. Kind yeah. of thing. And it's a big part of just stepping out your comfort zone is because mm. it's the only way you can grow. So I'd say like if it if it excites you a lot and makes you a little bit nervous, definitely go for it because it's definitely yeah. worth it. And with a startup, you'll never, ever be in the perfect position yeah. or the perfect time 
or the perfect place financially to do it. You've just literally got to jump out, give it your best shot, and literally it's like jumping off the cliff and trying to build a yeah. plane on the way down. And I think there are very, very, very few people who are actually very confident with that kind of thing. Like if you take public speaking, for example, in that case, sometimes it's a case of you have people who really practice their pitches and they and they just they just memorize through that and they're just kind of slightly out at the moment. Do you know what I mean? It, it's very easy to assume that everyone is everyone loves public speaking and that kind of stuff. In reality, very, very few people do. And I think, yeah, I mean, it's you know, once you once you realize that everyone's human and everyone kind of has that same kind of core feeling about it, then yeah, no, absolutely, there's definitely been. Where do you want to go with it? If if you see yourselves today, is there is there something you're you're building towards that when you get there you're gonna be like, oh, this is awesome, or or that's really difficult? Like, I assume yeah, you guys you guys both sound like people who are very purpose driven. We do have big ambitions for Blue Ridge, and at the moment, so we're just trying to start off as basically this service company but most importantly we're trying to recruit the best talent in terms of bioticians and data scientists and really build our internal community mm. and develop those individuals going forward because bioinformatics as a market space is transitioning from an emerging to a high growth market and I read a statistic the other day they're supposed to be worth 11.7 billion by 2025 and mm. so there's a still a lot of problems which aren't addressed so what we want to do really is feed our teams of developers basically and our pool of developers and create an ethos of creativity and innovation it comes back to the kind of finding those super enthusiastic and skilled individuals and realizing that when you've kind of when you found a whole bunch of those people and you put them into one space it becomes like a bell labs kind of thing it becomes you know things happen projects happen um which you would never have even dreamed of the core beginning was the fact that we had we had a lot of people who were interested in doing this kind of bioinformatics work and applying it to more more situations and then you realize as you go along there's loads of these people all over the place and they've all got their own say they've all got their own side projects that they're passionate about and when you can bring those together you end up building newer things so i mean it's, it's like if you've ever been to like a hackathon or that kind of thing you get a bunch of people into a random team <laughs> for a couple of days and then something gets built do you know what i mean and if you've got that kind of thing as an ethos if you've got that kind of thing as just you've got a community of people who are who you know are good and you know are passionate about these these kind of things and you can apply them to, to, to projects they want to work on and then they can also do their own thing it it's it's just what could come out of that is, is probably what excites me. Yeah, definitely. And that and that's the plan long term going forward. So to yeah, for example, to build work on people's side project, build and license new technologies, mm. new software, new tools which have come out of it. And so we're really our our whole business model basically is to grow now as a service company mm. and then reinvest the money we generate into our into, into our people. teams, into yeah. the people, because that that will be the best way going forward. A question on your name is Blue Ridge Bioinformatics. Where did that come from? Why is there like a funny story behind that or are you just because it, it makes you feel like a picture of the ocean and like filled with like filled with numbers, which I don't I don't know if that was intentional. It's a nice image. Yeah, yeah that's a good image. We there's there's terminology whereby we want to basically there's a t business terminology where companies can either compete in red oceans or blue oceans. So red oceans are considered to be very competitive where everyone's trying to undercut each other and it's very like businesses die in it basically so we decided to try to picture the blue ocean whereby we're trying to create something new because we are not a consultancy and we are not a freelance matching platform mm. we're trying to do something new mm. and by doing this new thing we hope to add more value to our clients and our customers as well as build our community as we was mentioning previously mm. so creating this so to speak blue ocean market space whereby we can then expand and try and get yeah, 
dominant section. My approach to that was going to be more way way more simplistic. I like I was I was always pushing for a name which was was kind of bitey and and short. Do you know what I mean? Like 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 bridge is something where if you hear it, you you know how to spell it. And I mean, my, my my side comes from like kind of that CTO role where I've got it in my head of like we need a, a website which has you know short. So it's like it's blueridgebio.co.uk and it's it's easy. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not too complicated to kind of like forget about. Um, and it's and also I was, I was keen on the imagery that it provides as well. So like you say, you think of like a, a large ocean kind of full of numbers kind of thing. And I think we found a way to kind of encapsulate that kind of thing from people who hear it. Um, so it's kind of both, like both the. <laughs> Are you familiar with the SpaceX rocket, BFG? <laughs> There's multiple ways to define like how that like reads out, like big, you know, different types of Fs. But if you look at like the first letter of yours, it's BRB. And I don't know if there could be something fun there. Yeah, so from a service offering, we can be like, we'll be right back to you with the results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of a happy quince we didn't realize it <laughs> good job we weren't cool, like <laughs> there you go french benefits how do you two complement each other like if 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 matthew which i think was the last person who was speaking and matt like what would be like the other person's greatest like when you think about them and you like go home and uh, that person's not around and you can be honest i don't know if you feel like you can't be honest in front of them but and you talk to your mom or whoever you you like that you can confide in he's like that that matt or matthew guy he's got these attributes and i'm so glad he's my partner in this this venture like is there anything like that like you're particularly like man this is a good choice i like this guy yeah i think that's i mean it fits for our roles so matthew is the ceo and he's very much the business head so when he's talking about blue ocean ships that kind of stuff that's very much his domain of kind of this is how the business side works whereas as a cto i'm more for someone who's who's like i'm I'm doing these kind of side projects on the on, on the on the side and I'm, I'm about those kind of passion projects and it's all about kind of what kind of technologies can we bring together and what kind of what kind of techniques can we play around with and, and, and build with our with our with our things so it's kind of those two sides like with a company such as ours where it is kind of a, a bio data um business you need to have both like that science core which we both have that kind of techie kind of interest and then also have some kind of business kind of spearhead to it and i think we kind of kind of you know kind of yin yangs in that <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and so prior to starting the business, we so we met during our PhD, mm. and we really got on. Then Matt was the Matt taught me how to code in Python for the first time, and so we really started our friendship that way. And mm. for anyone starting a business, I would say you know your founders because literally you're going to be married to them through this process of like developing a company. So you've got to go on, uh, like got to get on and trust them. And I would say trust is one of the most important things. Mm. I think there's also you've got to find that that, that shared kind of interest as well yeah, like, like it, it comes back to the the people we're trying to find right it's not just about having someone who's like really good at something but it's someone who's who's interested enough to just be doing it like the, like to be a self-motivated kind of engine kind of thing that's something we both kind of share and we've kind of both come from slightly different angles to get to the same place and so it kind of brings its own benefits from both, both sides i know in my experience like finding people who are go-getters is very hard most people will just kind of wait for you to tell them what to do and it's like you know what to do we talked about this. Why aren't you doing it? So if you if you were to describe the people that you're looking for, is there particular traits that seem to resonate through? If they had a resume and they look at it like, oh, these are the things I've done and I'm going to go get her. Like I should, I should talk to these guys. I'd talk to Matt and Matthew. Is there any common denominators other than, you know, go get her and probably no Python? 
there needs to be that solid kind of background of either they've got some kind of bioinformatics or data science background so they've got that kind of core skill but what's what's really interesting is when people don't have you know a, a list of qualifications they have a list of projects and they say like something i built you know last weekend and here's here's me telling you about it someone who can kind of tell you that they've done something and how they've done it and they'd be willing to kind of discuss it that kind of thing. One of the really good things is if someone's got like a personal blog or website where they've kind of gone through these different things they're playing around with and they've just kind of put those up there into a GitHub. If you can get really right into someone's code and you can and it's and it's you can have that conversation before you've even had them about that project because you can see it in that kind of way, that that is the best thing. And that's that's the kind of thing that we're trying to put content because you don't do that unless you're really interested in doing something. Yeah. And you're really interested in doing something different as well. And we're interested in finding people who are interested in doing lots of things as well. Yeah. Not just like I want to do one thing. I mean there are, there are people in our team who, you know, will be those kind of dedicated experts like I'm the RNA seek guy. I'll do every RNA seek thing you do kind of thing. Um, but then you also have a diversity of people who have that broader interest. And those are the kind of people that you end up bring into the fold and kind of making a part of like that core team as well. Yeah. And definitely people who just want to learn and expand. I think yes. that's people yeah. who want to continually develop themselves going forward. Yeah. That's what we really want to attract. Some, someone who's interested in something like, oh, I've heard of neural nets. Do you know what I mean? And, oh, I'll do a very small project on something, you know, it doesn't have to be amazing. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be the new kind of, you know, auto self-driving car, but it's enough to say that, you know, I, I dug into how it worked and I did that because it was fun. Do you know what I mean? So who actually enjoy that kind of thing? Um, because that's the kind of way where you build up those kind of new skills which you, you didn't even dream. Of. Because you know, as as a as 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 a as a director, you can't say you know here are the areas necessary. You can say the areas that we're interested in, but you don't know everything that's out there. And whereas someone who's on the ground level and has that kind of vague kind of you know who can sniff things out. That's that's the key thing to go out for. If you could see your your the dream team that you you want to have, and then the team you have, which I'm sure is very dreamy too, but is there anyone still missing? Is there any like key players that you need? So we're really trying to go after some key areas in bioscience because like bioinformatics is now slowly being accepted into more traditional wet lab bioscience, such as like synthetic biology and pharma and like immunology basis. So all of us in our team currently, so I believe there is 11 Blue Ridge developers so far yeah. who work for us on basically a flexible part-time basis around the existing jobs. But... So what were, and all of them individuals have, uh, are very experienced in like pathogen genomics and genetics. So what we're looking for is individuals potentially coming from a more pharma background or from a synthetic biology background, mm. ideally. Yeah, I mean, there's always areas of science that you can branch out into. Um, I think there's also, I mean, you mentioned like the HR, but I think there's also that kind of base infrastructure as well, which we're looking towards as well. I mean, as, as any kind of, uh, any kind of community gets bigger, for example, we'll be looking towards having like people who are dedicated to being kind of community leaders in that kind of thing, and that that kind of like supporting the actual team itself. Um, like for example, one thing we're looking into as well is having um, a lot, lots more internal workshops and like I say hackathons and that kind of stuff. Um, and so people who have that kind of background are always interesting. Um, you know, anyone who's in, I, don't, I don't want to keep saying everyone who anyone who's enthusiastic because I keep saying that all the time. But <laughs> it is true that like for people. Or, you know, in college or, or, or still new in their career profession, maybe are looking around and thinking, oh, this is probably not normal. You know, I bet there's normally more people who are more enthusiastic. No, maybe like 10, 20 percent, if you're lucky, are enthusiastic and doing the work. There's even like a principle around this. Isn't it called the, the Peter principle where 
10 to 20% of people do 80% of the results, right? I think there's like a, a business thing about this. I feel like a, I've, I've seen it on a quote somewhere, I think, before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How did you learn the business side of things? I've handled sort of all the business side of things. And I first got into entrepreneurship in my undergraduate studies doing that iGEM competition. So that was my first taste of it. So I developed the business plan for our, our, our basic bacteria and how it could be sold to for bioremediation in wastewater companies. And that come uh, was awarded in the international entrepreneurship track in iGEM. And so that like that really inspired me. And then going forward, I, I tried a biotech business as well, again, as an undergraduate, which didn't go too well because the challenge we were trying to tackle got a, a different company, got awarded a £10 million grant, and but and they had like postdocs and professors, so we we like let that one you go had basically. The right idea, but yeah. someone came in who had a whole yeah, who, who was like a lot more experienced basically. Yeah. But each them, but what I'd say is that failure, for example, is I learned so much through it. I learned, for example, how to do all the tax stuff, how to set up a company, like all the shares and how to split that up, and also then using a lot of online free courses. So there's yeah. one by Tech City, which is run in partnership with Cambridge Judge Business School which I can remember doing, which was a financial one, which was really good. And then just buying loads of entrepreneurship books. Mm. I can't, I like, I've got a long list or my bookcase is absolutely full of them. And I'll just recommend people just to go online and they can start with zero to one mm. or the lean startup or the startup way. There's so many different ones. And you, and once you read one, you get addicted and you read your next one. Matt actually has, uh, Matthew actually has a like a book list that he recommends. <laughs> so if you do have people who are interested in that book list, we'd be happy to kind of put that forward. But I think to kind of file it together, it's, it's a case of not just the experience of trying things and, and it's being okay if they fail, but also having that kind of just going in and looking, looking to, to do it. And, and, and none of that requires, you know, you to put up a load of money and put your house on up for, yeah, for a remortgage your house kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. can do little bits even if you're doing, like a science undergraduate at the same time. Exactly. Um, and like with our startup, for example, we have been doing it the lean way. I would highly recommend to everyone. People can start a business with little money. Yeah. Because like I said, we're PhD students and we don't, <laughs> like any student doesn't have a lot of money, but we took this opportunity and we went for it and put what savings we had into it. And now it's successfully going. And so I'd highly recommend that to anyone. I think it's kind of a fallacy that you, you require a lot of funds to do your startup, there's always a way. There's always people that are going to give you money to do something. And so it's just a matter of leveraging what you have. I think it doesn't even have to be strictly a, a business either. Like, So when I was in my undergraduate, I formed a science magazine with a bunch of people who were basically on my course. And that gave me a lot of experience in terms of putting together a team and making sure you knew who was good at what and working out what you needed, like admin style, to actually get something like money raised and something printed and that kind of stuff. And a lot of that applies to the same kind of stuff. Right? There are a lot of those kind of, I mean, I'll call them like translational skills to be massively cliched. But there, there are things you can do which which always can be useful later on if you want to yeah. do this kind of stuff. And it doesn't have to be that your first thing has to be massive. Yeah. Right? Nobody's first thing is going to be you know, Facebook. Apart from maybe Zuckerberg's. It might have been his first thing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, there we go. See? So, like, like you just get into the, the, the yeah. scheme of rolling loads of things, loads of things together. You either need lots of time, lots of money, lots of, lots of time, lots of money, lots of energy. And if you have two of those three, you'll probably be successful in what you do. Like if you have a lot of energy and time and what for what you're doing, you'll probably be successful and you can overwork the lack of money. But if you don't have as much time, then you just need energy and money. Like you just need like two of the three. Do you think that's true? 
Or would you agree or disagree with that statement? I'd say one and a half. I'd say, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't say I've got a lot of time, but that's probably because I put it to these kind of things. Right? I, burn, I use the time I have on, to, on this kind of stuff. I don't have any money. So. <laughs> <laughs> now it's all the money's tied up in the business still. Mm. But no, yeah, I do agree with the statement because I think if you, if you work hard enough at something and you're passionate about it and you enjoy it, you can achieve it. And I think that was something I learned when I was younger. You don't even have to achieve it, right? As long as you enjoy it along the way, then that's, yeah, that's fine. Then you don't need to be, you don't have to be the, the, mm. the next up. Yeah. Thanks. And going back to a point earlier mm. about also just talking on the hand of money, a lot of startups we come across chase investment. It's all about chasing investment. They're not working actually on the core businesses of getting that seed A, seed B, or like seed money or round, round A. And I'd encourage anyone to actually work on the business because the best money is client money or and actually generating your revenue for yourself. So their investors then come to you because then they see the success you're developing instead of you having to go. It's always better to someone to come to you than go begging, begging to them for money. Yeah, and there are a lot of stories of people who, who try and chase that early funding and then give away too much equity and then kind of yeah. immediately regret it. Yeah, whereas if you've got a solid thing that, that works, a solid core business that, that works, or a solid idea that works, then that can often run for itself. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there'll be some kind of level of organic growth. And maybe that, that's where the time comes into it, right? Like yeah. once you've got that going. But there's like good like agile and scrum management for time management, like how to like break things down into like cubes of time and like realize how much time you actually have to give. Because most, I I find like most people are very inefficient with their time. I've almost I've almost found no one who uses their time as effectively as they should, which is fine, you know. Like, but there's like a lot of variability in what people do. Yeah, there's definitely an argument for that. The, the um, I don't remember if it's what specific term is, but the idea of having, I, th- I think it's the scrum thing, right? Where you have like a, a, a one or two week goal, and that's that's what you're doing. That can say, and you kind of in the in the UK we had a high school revision thing called BBC Bite Size, right? Where the yeah. idea was all about taking these massive topics of like you, you know, you could learn the whole of biology, but like chopping them up into tiny, tiny, tiny little bits. And that idea of saying, like, it's not about necessarily achieving this massive goal, but it's about achieving this little thing now, and then the next little thing, and then having <laughs> that kind of segmented kind of way of doing it. There's definitely arguments for that kind of stuff. And that, that can relate to the, the way we try and take quite specific goals in the projects we choose. So we go to people and we say, well, we'll do this for you. We'll extend your capacity in this kind of way. And we bring in the perfect kind of people for that. And again, when we talk about the, the developers themselves, like, they tend to be the people who have that kind of goal to have something done. Do you know what I mean? Not just to run along a long, long hill, but to get the goals along the way. And I think if you, if you can have that kind of way of working and you can work with kind of people who are looking at that kind of thing, you just, you end up with loads of those little crumbs, right? You end up reaching the goal before you even realized it because you're always, you know, looking to do that sprint where you were. I've always found that it doesn't take as much effort to be successful as what one would think. Like, it does take a lot of effort, of course. It's not an inordinate amount of effort. The ap- actual application of bioinformatic techniques, then that gets complicated because I, I don't know any code. The The bar is much lower than people make it out to be. And I, I think, like, they raise the bar thinking, oh, I need a PhD. Oh, I need Mark Zuckerberg to give me, I don't know, a million dollars or something like that. But it, it's just like they're moving the goalposts. They don't try because then they won't ever fail. And it's just like, I, I, like, I consider everything I want to do a no and a failure until I try. So, and that's something I always encourage people to do is it's all right to get no's and it's all right to fail because as long as you learn from them and as long as you never make the same mistake twice, you can continue to move forward. With what you said earlier about time management, I think that is absolutely key because like just to manage your time to be efficient 
and to be productive. So like every before I go to bed each night, I write out a list of basically in three sections bullet pointed of what I want to achieve next day in terms of well-being, in terms of PhD and in terms of business. Mm. And by doing that, when I wake up in the morning, I know what my plan is for the day. And it's split it like and that to split it evenly. So I recommend that to anyone as well. Uh, you, you might be the first person who uses their time effectively <laughs> that I've ever met. I was gonna say I feel like I should make a case for the people who aren't very good at time at <laughs> timekeeping. Time I might take it off actually. That sounds like an interesting idea. I know. I, I feel like I feel like I want to make the I want to emphasize that there are very, there are, there are no super <laughs> right. Everyone everyone yes yeah. you know, everyone everybody poops whatever the book is. At the end of the day. It's very easy to look at someone successful and be like, oh, you know, that must have been crazy and not re- not see, you know, the thousands of failures that preceded it. And you don't need to be, ne- you don't necessarily need to be writing that list every evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to do well. Um, although I'm, I'm definitely sure. <laughs> is there anything you've learned along the way besides what we just talked about, which I think is pretty great? I think, yeah, there's nothing, there's no greater sense of achievement, I think, than seeing an idea convert into a reality so for the months we spent trying to build this thing get it ready to ready to finally approach a client or ready to get our first revenue and then once that first money come through the door basically and we signed off our first client then we was actually a business Mm. and that transition is really nice i think to tie into that nicely as well i think everything looks easier the second time you do it yeah (laughs) it's a big barrier to doing something and this can apply from everything from like a a new technique a new project to 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 a a whole business do you know what i mean if you if you're happy to kind of this is this is one reason why i like i like people who do projects if to do that, you have to say, I'm interested in doing this, and so I'm going to try it out, and if, if it's rubbish, I'll do it, do you know what I mean? And the reason I, I do them as well is because then if I ever need to do that same thing again, it's so much easier. It's a thousand times easier. So what I'd say is to, to try those of those little, those those different things that you're vaguely interested in. And maybe, maybe, maybe too much, this is probably where my list comes into it, right? I have lists of things which I want to play around with, right? Like techniques and, and packages and tools and that kind of stuff. And... If you can just kind of bite into those, it's the same kind of thing. Like, yeah. And once you've done it once, it's so much easier. And also just surrounding yourselves with the people who are passionate about the same things. Yeah. It's very, you've got like, for example, it's very easy for people to hold you back when you'd want to step out of your comfort zone, whether that's from a family basis because you're taking a risk mm-hmm. or whether it's friends basis because they're not certain with the idea you want to pursue. But if you meet people with the same passion and the same sort of goal setting, as you, I think that's the best thing because then you're in a productive environment where you all move forward together and bounce off each other. Is there a good way to follow along with what you guys are developing other than probably going to the BRB website? Do you have like a newsletter? Because I would sign up for that if you had one. We do a newsletter. Yeah, as we continue to like establish. We could plug our own personal websites as well. I mean, it's so I, I, I chuck a lot of the projects I do onto my, my GitHub website, which is uh, just mattrakeport.github.io. And so there's aspects of my research and aspects of projects I do on there. And, and, I, and I do it in that kind of way I mentioned before, where there's a blog per project and, and it's the kind of, Primarily, it's so that in in, in, a, in a year's time, when I can't really remember what I was doing, I can kind of remember how to do it, right? But it, that means that other people can kind of look at it and kind of work out those kind of things themselves. So there's you know neural neural networks or infectious disease modeling all that kind of stuff on there. Um, so I'd plug that alongside. Uh, maybe we should think about yeah, a newsletter. I would say at the, currently we basically post all our business developments in terms of partnerships or competitions we like get awards from on LinkedIn yeah. and to follow the LinkedIn page potentially. And that was Matthew and Matt, CTO and CEO of Blue Bioinformatics. We learned quite a bit about their startup journey. Check them out on their LinkedIn profile if you 
Literally, if you put their names in LinkedIn, you'll find them. All the stuff will be in the show notes. Thank you for joining us today with Learning with Lowell. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We can be found on Twitter at Lowell this year, Facebook, and on the website, learningwithlowell.com. Also sign up for the newsletter where you can hear amazing content every Monday, new episodes every Tuesday, and new blog posts around every Thursday. Remember to share and tell your friends. Please and thank you.